don't we go ahead? Why don't we go ahead and be seated? And we're gonna we're gonna get into this, and and uh, I think we're gonna end up back in worship. This might be a pretty quick. I don't know if it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be pretty quick. I'm not quite sure yet, Steve. I think it's gonna be pretty quick. I be, I believe uh, I was gonna come back up or come up earlier. And man, you get you hit something in there. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so we're going we're gonna to get into, into some word, and, and, uh, and everything about tonight is, is going like so easy. But I tell you what, God's church is getting ready to stand up and, and, and walk out and believe in who they really are. But there's this, there, there's this. Here, I'm going to say it like this. I'm only going to say it just the way he showed me earlier. Is, um, you know, a dog's a dog. My daughter's, my daughter's gone to, to go somewhere, and, and I have to take care of this dog. <laughs> Not happy about it one bit. And don't worry about this. This is good. He's, he's in it. It's all okay. <laughs> We're good. Um, you know, the dog just knows he's a dog. Put a collar on him. He rolled over on his back or her back. It's like, pet me, pet me. I'm like, I don't want to pet you. I don't even want to deal with you. Um, but I have to because I love my daughter. And so I took the dog out. The dog does dog things, you know, because the dog knows he's a dog. And... Uh, as we were worshiping, it was like, man, my people need to stop moping around. They need to stop moping around and feeling sorry for themselves. And in this place of like, it's just my lot in life. You know, speaking of dogs, they know who the alpha guy is. They know. And you want to know how they know? They know by how we walk. They know by my shoulders or your shoulders, and, and they'll, they'll know if you're sitting there watching them. Or if they jump up on you, and you let them jump up on you and pet you, they own you. That's not cute. Dogs don't jump up on you because they're like, oh, I love you, hug me. Dogs don't do that. Dogs do dog things because they're dogs. They're telling you, I'm alpha over you. When they eat your clothing... A lot of women know what I'm talking about. When they eat that, they're saying, I own you. I'm bigger than you. I'm better than you, and I'm badder than you. When they pee in your house because you're potty training them, and you, they, you let them watch you clean it up, <laughs> dogs are doing dog things. And so when I walk into the house, I don't even touch the dog. I don't talk to it. I don't praise it. I walk in and I ignore that thing, that ball of fur. I ignore it. She's not telling me when I pet it. I'll tell it when I pet it. And I'll tell it when I'm done with it. And I'll tell it when it's going to eat and not eat and sit and not sit. It's not going to jump up and lap my lap and lick my face. That's not happening because it's a dog. I'm going to tell it who it is. But what do you treat your sickness like? You let it sit there and lick your face, pet it. Oh, it's part of me. It's mine. This is my MS. This is my MS. And you pet and cuddle it. 
You love on it. God's people need to start realizing who we are. We need to stop sitting there, you know, going, hey, man, God, I wish you would take care of my little pet. I wish you would, I wish you would potty train my dog. It's not his job to potty train my dog or Kendall's dog. It's her job. It's not my job to pick up the poop in the yard. That's her job. God ain't doing it for her. God, will you come do this for me? It stinks. I don't like cleaning up this dog poo and this pee. Oh, but it's my dog. It's so cute. I said this to my daughter the other day. I said, Kendall, I just want to know. How many people would you allow in your life to come over to the house and live with you and just pee on the floor and you'd be like, it's okay. <laughs> so okay, Julian. I'm going to clean it up, okay? It's good. Oh, you pooped in the house too? It's okay. It's okay, Pastor Wade. And you're going to bend over and pick up that, that nugget? And she looked at me, she goes, I would never do that. I said, that's why we shouldn't have dogs. <laughs> I ain't picking up that stuff. When I had a canine, I had to make sure that dog knew who I was. Otherwise, it was going to own me. And it tried to own me at every opportunity it could, just like sin. Just like that sickness. It's going to try to own you at every single opportunity. Sin isn't there to be petted and, and cuddled and, oh, it's part of me. This is so, it's there to kill you. Oh, no, not my sin. It's just, not, it's not even bothering anyone else. It's just mine. No one knows. It's there to kill you. It's going to steal from you for a little bit. And it might just be time. It might be condemnation, but that's stuff you've gotten hardened your heart to. It's just, we're just potty training. The dog's almost potty trained, Dad. It, she's almost there. Hey, it doesn't really bother me in my daily life. You know, I talked to, I talked to one young adult about seven years ago, and, and the person was struggling in a certain area in their life. And uh, I said to the person, I said, why don't you just admit you love your sin? And the person got mad. I get people mad at me all the time. And the Lord says stuff to me. I'm like, I'm not asking him that. I'm not saying that. One time he told me to tell somebody in premarital, ask them if they like being Job of the Hut. I fought for 25 minutes not calling this person a Job of the Hut. I said, Lord, I'm not calling him that. I'm not asking him if he likes to be that. Because we all know what Job of the Hut looks like. And it was referring to just his laziness with the things that he said the Lord told him. I love Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt's awesome. I get to eat what I want. People serve me. They clean up my poo. Jabba, Jabba the Hutt's there to have you have a heart attack and die and steal and kill and destroy. Orphan your children. Orphan your wife or your husband. Well, how do we deal with it? Because I could keep going on. If you want me to keep going on what sin does, I don't want to, but we can. I mean, it just keeps on, right? It's like a snowball that comes down a mountain and it just keeps on stacking upon each other and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, unless you take care of it. But how do you do it? Do you just sit there and say, God, I wish you would take care of this snowball and just like, I wish you would just make it like 90 so it would melt. But that's not what he told us to do. It's not what he told us to do at all. Let's, let's, go, let's go to Daniel. If you want to go to Daniel, we can go to Daniel. Daniel sounds like a good place to start. He's been on me all day about what this whole service was about, and it so far is turning out. 
Amen. Let's go to Daniel 3. We'll go to Daniel 3. Let's go to verse 24. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. I could tell you, you know, I like letting people know how my mind thinks. Um, I won't do it. The King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered, said to the the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. A little bit through 26, it says, "And, and the servants of the most high God come out and come here Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. They came out from the fire. Do you notice the fire didn't stop? Do you notice that we don't have any record of them saying, in Jesus' name, fire, stop? I mean, it's Old Testament, so they couldn't have said Jesus. But but they they didn't sit there and say, hey, fire, stop. They didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. They just said, I know who our God is, and I'm not bowing down to you. I know who my God is. I know who protects me. I know who has called me. I'm not bowing down to you. Who do you think you are? You're telling me I can't preach Jesus? Throw me in prison for a year? Looks like you're going to throw me in prison for a year than if I come to, come to Israel, if that passes. Well, we should pray those men out of there. Well, how about we just pray that God does such mighty works and mighty deeds, and we pray for them to get saved, and then instead of them getting cast out. How about, that's probably what the disciples and the apostles did for Saul, who turned into Paul, who was killing Christians. But we so quickly want to sit there and go, God, in Jesus' name, I command those men in Israel, get them out. Get those politicians and those leaders out that are trying not to have Jesus preached in Israel. Well, how about get them saved, Lord? Holy Spirit, send laborers to their path who preach in the name of Jesus. Let them have a revelation that you're the son of God, that you're the one that Isaiah talked about that they don't like to preach. How about that? How about, how about, the, how about Christians become like an army and like people just start, let's flood the nation of Israel with Christians. Can you imagine if all of a sudden the United States sent 100 missionaries over to Israel and just said, here we are, and we're here to preach Jesus. We're here to love on you, and we're here to lay hands on you and watch you get set free and demons cast out and healed and dead raised. What are they going to do with that? Maybe they'll, maybe they'll get saved, or maybe we're just going to see a replay. They hung Jesus, but he sat there and said, I ain't going to say nothing. I know, my, I know what my Lord told me to do. Who do you say I am? So we have, we have record here. They didn't, they didn't pray for the fire to stop. I mean, how many of us have been in, been in situations, need of this, need of that, need to be healed, and we're sitting there, we're like, oh, I guess it just is what it is. I might as well embrace it. God's teaching me something tonight. Teach it like that stupid dog. Mm, I told you to walk by me. <gasps> Pastor Bill, you're going to hurt his neck. No, I'm not. 
neck stronger than ours. I'm going to yank that thing until it learns that it don't get yanked unless it's by my foot. And when it's by my foot, he don't get yanked or she don't get yanked, she gets praised. I'm going to teach it because I'm the alpha. I'm in charge. I have dominion and authority over that stupid little fur ball. And it's as cute as can be, just so you know. Thing's super cute. <laughs> really cute. Like, it's really cute. I actually patted it and laid on the bed with it today. Don't tell Kendall. <laughs> Don't tell her that at all. I, was on, I, I, like, I left, and, and next thing I know, the dog ran off, and I'm like, she went to Kendall's bed. I, I went in there, and she was up on Kendall's bed, all, and I just laid down on Kendall's bed and was petting it. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad there's not a video camera in here. I just told on myself in front of all of you. Let's go to Daniel 6, verse 17. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. This is talking about Daniel and the lion's den. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the lion's den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him and slept and sleep fled from him. Then at break of day, can you imagine the break of day? He didn't really want to do it. Can you imagine what he was trying to think for Daniel? Daniel was stuck in a den with lions expecting to just get demolished. What's your den of lions that you've been going through? Nowhere in this story do we have Daniel saying, God, get rid of the, the, the lions. Get rid of them. We don't have that. We don't have that at all. We don't have Daniel saying that. Nowhere in, the, nowhere in there did I ever see that Daniel was like, God, get rid of the lions. We don't, I, don't, I don't remember Moses saying, get rid of the sea. God even instructed Moses how to do that. Abraham took his son up. And God brought a sacrifice. Nowhere in there do I see him saying, God, you got to bring me a sacrifice. God, you got to bring me a sacrifice. This is my son. No, God already told him what to do, so he was doing it in faith. God already told us how to handle it, but we ain't handling it. We're like a whooped little puppy dog walking around going, I just can't believe it. And the devil's having a heyday with you. He's having a heyday with the church of God, with his people who he has created you to be a conqueror. He's created you to reign in victory. He's given, you, he's given you every heavenly gift to dominate this world and to glorify him. You know, it's kind of like this. Like you'll watch, you'll watch uh, new people with dogs. I don't know why I'm talking so much about dogs, probably because he showed me, and that's my only example I can think of right now. Um. But, you know, you, you'll see new people with dogs, and they're kind of timid. They don't know what to do, or, or, you know, they don't know how to correct the dog. And, and then you, you, you'll see, like, new canine handlers, and, and you kind of do that. And then you start seeing that canine handler get a little bit more comfortable that they've been bit already, and it hurts a little bit, but they'll get, you'll, you know, we'll get over it. Um, or the dog's going to continue to own you unless you dominate it. And so the, the, the correction, the least correction, isn't a subtle jerk. This is how they told us, take its neck off. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. He, 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 he's trained to bite. Well, let's put a muzzle on him. He's still going to beat you up. And this is what they said. They said, take it from your hip to your shoulder. 
And I mean hard and, and jerk it up and like a piston, jerk it back down. So we're sitting there, we're, we're, in, we're outside, we're out by the mall. People are all around, it's around noon. People are, I mean, everyone's around. It's a nice day in the spring. And, uh, and Diesel acts up and he jumps up on me and he keeps on jumping up on me. He keeps on jumping up on me because what's he telling me? He doesn't want to be petted. He wants to let me know he's the dog, that he's in charge. He's the alpha male. And he jumps up and I'm like, off. And my trainer, Randy, goes, you better get that thing to stop. He's owning you. And he does it again. He does it again. And I can't get him to just stay off of me. And he goes, he's owning you, dude. He's owning you. And I'm like, nine, nine. Randy goes, get him on the ground. There I am in the middle of the grass field in the city of Boise fighting a 45 to 50 pound dog. Thank God it had a muzzle. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, there I am fighting this stupid dog, awesome dog actually, and I'm giving it everything I have. I've done jujitsu for a lot of years. I know how to fight. I like fighting. Um, I don't like getting punched, but I like fighting. And so I'm sitting there trying to take care of this stupid 50-ish pound dog, and I can't get it on the ground. He's wiggling out, and finally I get him down there, and I'm like, I got him. And Randy goes, get his tail on the ground. He's happy. And I, no joke, I look backwards and his tail is all the way up and his tail's just wagging. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, I can't beat up a dog. Like, this is insane. What if the muzzle was off? I'd be in the hospital. And so I reach down with my leg. And I mean, I'm fully mounting this dog by now. And I'm like sitting on him. And I finally get him all down. And I, I go, when, Randy, when do I get to get up? And he goes, when he calms down. I sat there for several minutes until finally that dog just went, and you could feel it. He goes, <sighs> and then I got up and I put him in the car and went back to Randy. He goes, you're probably going to have to do that a lot more. <laughs> I, I share that example so that you have an example to remember. When that sin or that sickness is coming up or that temptation's coming up, that's how you treat it. I want to teach you how to fight tonight. And there's some of us in this, in this auditorium tonight that don't really like to fight. There's a lot of sensitive people in here, and I love you for it. I really do. I'm not overly sensitive, even though I will cry at a drop of a hat. But I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to stand there and go toe-to-toe with the devil or toe-to-toe with my sickness and say, I've had enough. I've had enough. Enough's enough, devil. I'm not leaving this room until I get my healing. I'm not leaving this room until you get off of my family. I'm not leaving this room until you get out of my church. I'm not leaving until this is done. You now have a fight that you know you're going to lose, and I'm going to sit here and kick you in your teeth and in your teeth and in your teeth and in your teeth. And if you're like a shark and they just keep on growing back, I'm going to keep kicking you in your teeth. Some of us need to learn to fight. Jesus isn't sitting there going, oh, it's all over. I did it for you. If that was the case, then why are you struggling? If that's the case, then why did he tell us to pray? If that's the case, why did he tell us to use his name? Why? We must do it. We must close our hands in a fist and fight the good fight of faith. Now, I ain't punching the devil, but I am fighting the good fight of faith. 
get a mentality into us that we are in a war? Or do you want to cuddle it continually? It's time we as Christians, as sons and daughters of the Most High, sit back and say no more. Hey, what's that girl's name that I prayed for? Ariana, come here, girl. Sorry, see, this is the stuff where some people are like, man, he's really harsh. I'm not harsh. I want to see people become who they are called to be. Sit up front, girl. You got to get used to this. You got to get used to this. Trust me, I, if I had my druthers, I would sit back in the back. That's loved it. Love it. Love worshiping in the back. Love it. Get used to it. Praise God. Why are you yelling at me? I don't like when you yell. I had a dad that yelled. Okay, then keep being soft. Yeah, man. Like, see, I told you, I mean, Pastor Wade said I was in the back. He was, we're going to have fun tonight. Look, that's a word that came to me uh, this afternoon in my office and praying. And I'm like, oh. Uh. I'm like, great, I, I get to say that and offend somebody. That's awesome. Praise God, they're going to get mad at me. And you want to know what? I don't care. If you get mad at me, <laughs> wow. I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us fight. I'm trying to help you get to a point where you don't sit there and say, oh, I, it's my MS. I can't go do what God told me to do because I'm just a sinner. I just lose all the time. I never win. I'll let somebody else do it. I'll let Ariana do it. She's called. I'll let her do it. I can't do this. I'm going to make a mistake. You are going to make a mistake thinking that. Stand up. <laughs> Glory to God. I just got reminded what I was praying out back there in the green room. It's time to stand up. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not just preaching this just to be like, oh, man, here's a good preaching message. It ain't a good preaching message if you're still sitting down going, oh, well, I won't write that book. Who's going to help? Stand up and write the book. Stand up and fight the good fight of faith. Get in a fist fight and realize you're going to get punched. Realize it. You're going to get punched in the mouth. It's going to hurt. You're not going to be used to it. You know why? Because you're used to sitting down feeling sorry for yourself. You are victorious. You have Jesus Christ who lives inside of us, man. Let's start using his name like a missile. His name is like a heat-seeking missile. I kid you not. I have seen some funny things, like really cool things, where I'm like, hey, that's weird. I'm not even the military. Don't even understand the military stuff, really. But it's crazy when I see... When we say in the name of Jesus, it's like a missile, and it just goes, and it goes exactly where it needs to go and destroys exactly the darkness it needs to destroy. Amen. You know, we don't have to know the name of devils. You know that? That's a stupid theology. Sorry, I might have just got on some people about that too. 
I'm here to, I'm here to tear down every stronghold, I guess. Well, I, I need to know what name that devil is, Lord. I need to know. Shut up! That's stupid man-made religion. Infirmity. There, there's your name. There's your name. Hey, if you know the name, cool. You don't have to know the name. You don't. You have to know the name. There's the names, and then there's the name. We must know the name. That name is Jesus. And you want to know what's super fun about the name Jesus is that you don't even have to speak the language you're praying to the person in. I don't know Lugandan. I don't have a clue how to speak Lugandan. I mean, a few things like, hey, how are you? But I don't know how to speak Japanese, Chinese, Guatemalan, Filipino, Hispanic. I don't know how to speak German. I don't know how to speak anything. It, barely English. <laughs> but I do know how to say the name Jesus. And I do know you can whisper it, scream it, sing it. Jesus, Jehovah, Yahweh, Yahshua. trying to remember the Luganda name for Jesus. I forgot it. <laughs> Yasu. Yasu. But you know what's awesome is I don't have to be in Africa saying Yasu. I just say, in the name of Jesus, no translators have to be around. You can be in India and you can just speak English. Devils understand English, even if you're in a different country. Devils understand when I'm sitting there saying, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I ain't even open my mouth. I'm whispering so quiet. And there's a, there's a woman in handcuffs about 10, 12 feet ahead of me going to the psych ward because she's suicidal, getting escorted by another officer. And I'm like, devil, I bind you in Jesus' name. And I'm whispering it, whispering it. She can't hear me. Not at all, right? And she's walking ahead of me. And man, oh man, she did this. She turns back and she goes, <sighs> I went, oh my gosh, there's devils in America. Because I had just come back from Africa, and I was like, well, maybe they're just there. I was whispering while she was handcuffed 10-ish ten, feet away, and I, and I was literally, I'm like, in Jesus' name, I bind you. Get off that girl. <sighs> I literally about jumped out my skin. I was like, oh, it's real here in America. We just medicate it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know what's happening right now? The devil's running scared. See, the devil don't want us to know the secrets. He don't want the secrets out. I'm here to expose the secrets. Lord's like, you're going you're gonna to teach them how to fight tonight. You're going to teach them how to fight tonight. We got to get a fight in us. Oh, we'll sit here and sing, oh, mighty ones, but you ain't no mighty one. You're, Pastor, will you pray for me again every Sunday, every Wednesday? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Hey, I'll pray for you because I've got compassion and love you, and I love praying for people. But come on, man. It's time to stand up. Standing up can sometimes look like laying down at 2 in the morning in, in, your, in a spare bedroom or in the living room praying. I'm not saying physically stand up. I'm saying get a stance that is a fighting stance. That's prayer. In prayer, you get boldness. In prayer, you get stirred up. In prayer, you get stirred up. We can jump all the way because we're going to. We're going to jump all the way to the New Testament because I love my brother Paul. And, and, and he was traveling somewhere. And there was this girl that kept on following him. Check this out, y'all. She wasn't even casting spells on him. 
She was saying, these are the ones that are preaching God. She was telling the truth. Nowhere in there does it say God said, I gave Paul a Holy Ghost word of knowledge about this woman being possessed. Doesn't say that in the story. You know what it said? He became greatly annoyed. That stupid dog that I have to babysit right now for the next 48 hours of my life, I have a feeling tonight around 2 a.m. I'm going to become greatly annoyed. And I'm going to cast that devil out of that thing. (laughs) Ain't keeping me up, Pastor Mac. Ain't doing it. Paul went, and he finally got so greatly annoyed, he turned and said, demon, get out of her right now in Jesus' name. And then here's what's so awesome about God. See, when we stand up and learn how to fight the good fight of faith and we use his name and we command things to leave, we don't beg things to leave. We don't sit there and go, oh, you know what, sweetie? Uh, Miss Lacey, come here. Say she was, you can come all the way up here so people can see us. So people can see us. And so, I feel like I owe her coffee for that. Um, Notice Paul didn't sit there and be like, oh, it's okay, sweetie. We're going to counsel you through this. (laughs) Everything's going to be okay. Why are you annoying me? Can you stop doing that stuff to me? He didn't do that to the girl falling. He didn't sit there and say, hey, man, can we just talk? Can you just stop and give me some peace and quiet and stop talking? Just stop. All us parents know exactly what we're talking about. Thank you. Just stop talking. Stop following me. Can you just go back to your little hut? Just go. We don't need you announcing who we are. I know you probably were raped. I know you were probably molested. And I know you, were pro- you might have cancer. I know you're sick. No, he didn't do any of that. The great apostle Paul, who most of us love, and sit there and say, we love Apostle Paul. Y'all would probably hate Apostle. If some of you think I'm intense. <laughs> Man, Pastor Bill, why are you so intense? Why are you yelling? Because I don't like the devil that's on, on God's children. I don't like the devil that's, that, that's in my church. Not my church. This is Pastor Mark's church. But in, you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. It's not right. It's not right that we are in here. And there's some of us bound up. There's some of us bound up. That's not right. So tonight we're going to take care of that. And I don't want any, I'm so sick and tired of embarrassment. I'm so sick and tired of pride in the church. I'm tired of it. It's going to kill you. Look, if you're bound up and when the time comes, if you're bound up, who cares what the people around think? It doesn't matter. Everybody in here, I can tell you, there's nobody in here has the heart. There's no one. And you're like, how do you know? I know most of you. And I know what our church stands for. There's no one that I can think of that sits back and be like, oh, I knew she was possessed. Knew she was dealing with oppression. I knew that. Oh, man. No one's going to say that, man. No one. Trust me, if someone's thinking that, I'm jumping over chairs to cast the demon out of them. 
And then they're going to be probably flopping and foaming at the mouth. I'm just, I'm having fun. We need to get past the point of caring. We need to start being the church that starts giving testimonies that like, oh my gosh, I had STDs and they were hanging down below my knees and God healed me and they're gone. I had HIV and I'm healed. The blood is free and I'm clean. Those are the testimonies we need to start having and shoving back in the devil's face so that he runs scared, not us running scared. We shouldn't be worried about what our testimonies are. I don't know what people are going to think of me. You ain't set free then. If you have that thought, you're in bondage. It's called religion. I'm sick of religion. I want to punch it in its face. I mean, have you ever met religion? I was bound up in religion so much that it made me run. Made me run. Well, you can't do this until you're, until you're a, a, a junior high pastor. You better know that you know you're called to be a junior high pastor. <laughs> Animals. <laughs> and I've had kids that have been junior high, so I'm talking with you, not at you. And then, and then you, the next step is high school youth pastor. And then after that, you, you've got to be an associate pastor. And then after that, you've got to be a pastor of a church. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, uh-uh. This dude ain't called to be a pastor of a church. This dude's called to like a help a pastor of a church. This dude ain't a pastor of a church. This dude don't want anything to do with that office. This dude don't have the patience for that office. And God, you didn't create me to stay inside. But in this denomination of religion, they were like, oh, you can't go, you can't go, you cannot go on a mission trip and lead a mission trip until you've done junior high, high school, associate pastor. And then, and then maybe the sectional pastors will sit there and go, now you can go be a missionary. I sat there and went, this sounds like man to me because God didn't say that's what I had to do. God told me what I had to do. I, uh-uh. No, I don't think so. Hey, you know, you probably can't cast a demon out until you go to our university. See, because I'm so, I'm not bright. I'm not like super smart. I know super smart people. My brother's one of the most intelligent people I know. God gave him everything and then <laughs> this. But you know, I would read about Paul. And Paul would just, walking along, greatly annoyed. No, no gifting. I mean, Paul had gifting, but there was no gift in action at that point. No word of knowledge. He was annoyed. You know, I have, I have been in services and in counseling and in crusades where, um, I'm going to be honest, it's super funny um, that I, I finally have seen this, um, where I've been in those circumstances and situations where I have finally become so annoyed that I just started casting demons out of people because it took too long. Meaning, like, I've watched, I've watched people sit there and deal with people for, like, 45 minutes while, that, while the devil's distracting everything and making everyone think that the devil's stronger than the name of Jesus. And so I got, I got a little annoyed. I wasn't told by the Holy Spirit, hey, go help, go help so-and-so with this. No, I just became annoyed. So I went over, bent down. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Now get out of here. Boom, gone, done. 
Or I've been over and I've whispered in somebody in one of the teammates' ears and I said, hey, it's because of this. Take care of that devil and it'll be taken care of. And then they take care of it and it's taken care of. Why did I do that? Because I became greatly annoyed. I become annoyed that, devil, that devils and demons are bothering God's children. Pastor Bill, why do you seem so intense? Because I'm annoyed. I'm not annoyed at you. I love you. I ain't got no issue with us. But I don't like devils. I don't like them at all. And I'm not about coddling them either. I'm about them running scared. I want them to hear my footsteps. You should be wanting them to know, uh-oh, he's awake. Uh-oh, she's awake. We shouldn't be worried nor intimidated by, by sickness. We should be excited. You know, I used to have to explain to people and apologize to people and be like, hey, man, I know it seems like I'm really excited to pray for you, but um, I'm not happy you're sick, but I'm happy you're about to get healed. And they're like, oh, I was wondering why you were smiling so much. I'm not smiling because you have cancer. I'm smiling because you don't have cancer. That's why. Maybe your perspective needs to change to Crazy Bill's perspective. But see, Crazy Bill's perspective ain't crazy. It's just right. That's all it is. Need to learn how to fight. Need to learn how to stand there and be like, oh man, I just got punched. Oh no, gosh, that hurt. Oh gosh, my stomach. Oh man, I'm, I'm oh man, I got cramps. Oh man, I got cramps. Oh baby, can you get, can you get me a, a, a heating pad? I got cramps. Oh, my cramps have come this month again. Oh, my cramps. Oh. Now I'm acting. I, ain't know, I don't know what cramps feel like. But I am, uh, this wasn't planned. So all you women in here, if you're dealing with cramps, and I mean like debilit debilitating cramps, why are you saying my cramps came again this month? Why? Don't do that anymore. Don't, uh, uh, oh, glory, be done. There is such, a, I'm being calm right now because there is such a, a mm, in me. I love you, whoever you said that. You can go anywhere with me. Come on the next crusade with us. You're, you're, you're clear to go. But like, Has any of us, let's be honest right now, has any of us ever been in, <laughs> well, you're going to know, I ain't never done this, but I've wanted to do it, like, really bad. I think it would be super fun. I think we should build, like, instead of, like, those, uh, what are those rooms that people go to to pay to, like, get out of rooms? Escape. escape rooms. I don't need an escape room. I want a room, this could be somebody's business idea, and I'll go, I'll pay, I'll join a membership. I want a room that I just get to break things. Like dishes just to throw against the wall and watch it break. Like, you know how many men would go in there? They're like, hey, let's talk about this. No, I just want to throw that plate. I'm so mad at the devil right now. I just want to break something. Is that already a thing? Where's it at? Some people are like, my house. <laughs> Well, you're going to get set free of that tonight if you're saying that. 
Come on. Our houses should not be a place of violence. It should be a place of peace. In Luke chapter 10, he sent out the 72, and he says, if they welcome you in, leave your peace with them. Do you realize you, as Christians, have peace? You don't have to pray, Lord Jesus, give me peace. Lord Jesus, I need peace. He's sitting there just like I'm standing here right before you going, I gave it to you. You have it. You have it. Girl, you have it. You know I'm looking right at you with your black glasses on top of your blonde hair. You have peace. If you've accepted Jesus, immediately upon accepting him, the Holy Spirit comes into us and peace is deposited within us. Peace is with you no matter where you're at. It doesn't matter the circumstances. What the chaos looks like, we have peace, but we must activate and utilize the peace. Like the leash. What good is a leash if you're just going to allow the dog to lead you? Oh, I'm just holding on for dear life because he's going to take me where he's going to take me. Dog ain't leading me anywhere. I'm taking her for a walk. Not her taking me for a walk. Jesus gave us the leash. It's time we own that. My life is chaotic. My life is this. You don't know, Pastor Bill. Well, no, I do know because you don't know that you have your peace that God gave you and said, hey, use it. It goes everywhere with you. I heard Pastor, Pastor Wade say something like that in the very beginning of tonight. You said something like that tonight. He don't know. If Jesus is in me and I'm in him, that means everywhere I go, he goes. That means if we're here, the Holy Spirit's here. We're not begging for him to come. He's here. That's what Pastor Wade was alluding to. And if you don't know that, John 14 through John 17 will teach you that. So then you're getting attacked with sickness and disease and all that, and you're like, and it may take you a couple days. It may take you a little while. It may take you all the way up to now, and it might have been years or be years, and you'll be sitting there and be like, wait a minute, I can get mad at this thing and tell it to leave and kick him in the face? Yes. Yes. And then that's when we get mad. That's when we stand back and you find a room in your house or your car and you just say, devil, no more! It's time we use our voice. Like the Lord told us to. He said, speak to your mountain. He said, speak to your mountain. In the storm that Jesus was in the boat and the disciples were scared and chaos and freaking out, Jesus said, peace, be still. Notice that. He said, peace. Why? Because he carries peace. Just like you do. Just like we do. Maybe your life's chaotic because you don't, you don't speak to it. You just let it happen. You just keep letting that dog jump up on you, jump up on you, jump up on you. We had a really bad dog in, in, in Boise Police um, named Rocky. Sorry, do you remember Rocky? Rocky was a bad dog, man. Bit a uh, portion of a calf off his handler. 
um, almost bit me that, that same night when we were trying to get it out of the c- patrol car into the cage, into the kennel. Um, oh, I was a terrified dog. And, and they just wanted to keep, this handler just wanted to keep working with it, keep working with it because it was, you know, whatever. And um, we're, in a, we're in a training one time, and, and this dog's old handler came to canine training. And I won't, leave, I won't say his name. But the old handler that gave him up said, this dog is too crazy. This dog should be sent back um, to where it came from. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so this handler came to the, the training. And this handler was much shorter than, than the, the new handler. His new handler is about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, this handler was about probably 5'9". And he comes in. And this dog, after months of not seeing his old handler, all of us were like, that's funny. We were dying. All of us were dying except the old handler. This dog saw his new handler came in. He was like this. That dog came right over to him, hopped up on all the way up here, put his paws up on his bicep, and he did this to him. <laughs> and he tilted his head up and just looked at him eye to eye. And um, all of us dog handlers knew what was happening. He was letting him know that he still owns him. And the old handler just went, Hey, Rocky. <laughs> Scared he was going to get bit. You know, my dog, my dog uh, went to bite me one time. One time. I let that, that, that land shark in from the outside, and his, his paws were, were wet and dirty, and I had a rule that he couldn't come in until he sat down on the, on the carpet or uh, on the rug and dried his feet, his paws. I didn't want it dragged all around the house. And he comes in, and I'm, we're at the dinner table, and he starts walking behind me. And I said, off. I said, off when he came in the door. I go, off, and that means down. And, and he did. He, he gave me his paw, and he just looked at me. And then he got behind me, and I said, I said, off. And I hit him kind of in the rear, rear hind. He accordion. I didn't even know dogs could fold. <laughs> and, um, and he folded, and um, he bit me. And, um, and so... Yeah, I hit him here. So I, I went back this way, hit him in his hind leg. He folded in half between the wall and my, my table chair and, and bit me right here. And as he bit me, I stood up and I punched him in the face. I didn't think about punching him in the face. I didn't think about he's probably going to let go and bite my hand. I didn't think about that. I just stood up and I said, I said nine. And I punched him as hard as I could right in the, right in the head. And he looked at me and he laid down. And I stood there. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That was the stupidest thing I could have ever done. Well, one of the handlers said, he goes, hey, you're going to have this moment where you're either going to dominate that dog or he's going to dominate you and you're not even going to know it. And I just sat there. I'm like, oh, man, that dog stayed there for two and a half hours. I didn't let him move. He just stayed there. After that, man, Diesel and I became the best of buds. I'd sleep with him on the floor. He was the coolest dog. He'd roll over for me and let me pet his stomach, which was unheard of in the canine world. We'd be on calls. Check this out. We'd be on calls, and I'd be on the edge of a house with my gun out with another officer waiting for, you know, to go to work. And there's Diesel sitting underneath the shade of a tree just in a down and stay. And we'd be sitting there, and he'd be doing dog stuff, just eating grass and kind of chilling. Backslider, this, this apartment complex door opens, and we go like this. Me and the other officer, we go like this. All of a sudden, that dog just goes. He was watching me. Because I owned him. Notice I wasn't doing what he was doing. I wasn't laying down on the grass eating grass. 
right? I'm not doing that. You're not an animal. You're a son of God. You know what I think we, we should be realizing is that you wear a crown on your head, not wallowing in the mud. You're not a loser. You're not forsaken. You're holy and righteous. When, when Pastor Witt was singing, holy, 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 you are holy, you are holy, you are holy, I about jumped out of my skin because the Lord says, I'm singing this right back to you. There we are singing, you're holy, you're holy. And he goes, you're holy. I'm singing it to you guys. You guys need to know that. He sings to us. Do you know that? And he calls you holy. It was one of the most beautiful, intimate things where it's like we're singing to him and then all of a sudden he's like, I'm singing this to you, you're holy. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And then all of a sudden he goes, but some of you guys think you're dogs. I went, oh, Oh, we need to know who we are. See, we need to start walking around with our shoulders up and our, our chins up because we're sons and daughters of the king. We wear crowns. Every morning you get up, I've said this analogy, I can't remember when or where. We need to wake up as we're doing our, as you guys are doing your hair. All us that don't have hair, we don't have to worry about that step in our life. But we need to realize as we're getting ready for the day, put on that spiritual crown that Jesus died and resurrected for. And then when everywhere we go, demons know, oh, there's a son and daughter of the king. There's 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 son and daughter of the king. Mark 11, 23, 24 says this. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, received it, and it will be yours. There's another scripture, I'm trying to remember where it was, but it says that he, he gives us our answers to our prayer so that he's full of joy. He, he's full of joy that, he get, that we receive our prayers. Are you kidding me? The Lord gets joy out of saying, here you go. Do you realize when you pray, he's like, yeah, dude. There it is, man, be joyful. I've been waiting for you to ask that, you dummy. You finally got it. You sat there and thought it was all of this and all of this, and I had something negative to do. All I've been waiting for you is to say, God, I want it. You said you'd be full of joy by giving it to me. The Lord has joy when he gives you stuff. That should change our entire perspective of the Father in heaven's not waiting to beat us up. I'm watching this dad rock this beautiful baby back here. Dad, you have just entered in to such revelation as you continue to grow that child and raise that child. You're going to start seeing, and all of us have experienced this hopefully, but you're going to start recognizing how much God loves you as a father. Because, man, the things you want to do for your baby and how much joy it will bring you, it brings him the same, if not more. And, and, and believe me, your baby's going to mess up. It's going to make bad decisions. And you're still going to want to bless him or her. You're still going to sit there and be like, 
it's okay. It doesn't matter. You're in trouble because I got to discipline you so that you learn, so you don't go to prison. I'm not enabling you, but man, I still want to bless you. I've disciplined my child before. This was horrible. I disciplined one of my children before, and I, like, I disciplined myself. I disciplined myself because I disciplined her. And I wanted her not to know that she wasn't alone, that I would go do it with her. That's who the Father in heaven is for us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to be your friend. He wants to guide us. He's given us everything in heavenly places to conquer this world. We need to understand that. No more, no more walking around going, oh, woe is me. No more. Read the Bible and see how Paul dealt with that, that stupid girl. He was greatly annoyed. Are you greatly annoyed of, of your, your junk? Or do you coddle and be like, it's okay, I still like it. It's okay. It's here to destroy you. So here's what, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Actually, I want, I want to know right now, because I've been preaching about boldness and being bold and learning how to fight. You know, fighters, if you guys watch anybody like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, were any of those people shy about letting you know they were the greatest? They weren't, were they? There's something about being bold. And I think it gets rid of pride. I think it kicks pride right in the teeth. There's something about, if you, haven't ra- if you don't raise your hand during worship, <laughs> there is something about raising your hands in worship when all of a sudden, I can remember the day, Pastor Mark talks about it quite often, I can remember the day where I'm like, man, why do I want to raise my hand? That's weird. I just want to raise my hands. That's weird. I'm not doing it. I remember, I was 21 years old. Oh, so I'm like, no, he saved me. Oh my gosh, he saved me. Oh my gosh, he saved me. All of a sudden, I'm like, I don't care what y'all think of me. He saved me. I'm not burning in hell after I die. I have eternity. Oh my gosh, I love you. Oh my gosh, I love you. You're amazing. Wow, I'm going to tell the whole world you're amazing. He saved me. Oh my gosh, Lord, I love you. Oh, Lord, I love you. I worship you, Father. I praise you, Lord. I give you the glory. I give you the glory. Shut up, devil. I give you the glory. I know some of us have been there, been worshiping the Lord. Shut up, devil. You can't, you can't do this now. I'm worshiping my king in Jesus' name. You know what? That's when you need to get more. <laughs> I love you, Lord. I worship you. You're holy. Shut up, devil. No, I'm not going to think of that. Stop making me remember that. Stop. 
Man, you ain't worshiping anymore. You just stand there with your hands raised, getting your shoulders tired. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. If you've experienced that, you have, all of us have. Or when the time comes that you are, Pastor, wait, you can correct me because you are the worship leader. I'm going to encourage you to do this sometime when, when we're worshiping the song. Now, be aware of what type of song it is, because if it's a reverent time to be reverent, be reverent. But there might be a time where you just need to sit there and be like, shut up, devil. I'm going to jump on you, devil. Yeah, I'm going to jump on you, devil, because I'm free. I'm going to jump. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you forget that, because now you're, like, I'm just saying, because you ain't in the spirit when you all in that. You're going to be sitting there like, people are watching me jump. Glory to God. I don't care. There's freedom in not caring what people think of you. There's glory and freedom not caring what people think of you, but what Jesus is getting. Is he getting the sweet aroma of your worship? Is he getting the sweet aroma of your praise? When we get to a point of realizing the praise goes up, and then what comes down? Woo! Come on! Blessings come down. If you believe it, the word says it. Oh, I could keep on getting in your in your junk too. If you're in here tonight, this is when it comes to the boldness. If you're in here tonight and you want to be set free, you're done with the bondage, you're done with the sickness. I want you to raise your hand right now and who cares who sees? Who cares? Come on, this is, this, is what this is what revelation and revival is all about. I want everybody to look around right now and look at the hands raised. We've got people that need to be set free, set free, healed, delivered, redeemed. It's time, it's time to punch the devil in his face.